0: drive to create things
1: you're a writer a photographer a musician a maker you're ready to make things happen but chasing creative isn't always easy your time and energy go to your work your family and your life is it really possible to make space for the creative in your everyday here at the chasing creative podcast we believe you can we're everyday
0: creatives who have insights and action steps you can take today to make your creative plans happen
1: I'm Ashley Brooks, a freelance writer and editor at Brooks Editorial and a work-at-home mom of two. I would love to devote more time to creative writing, journaling, and blogging.
0: And I'm Abigail Creaves, a writer and photographer behind Inkwells and Images. I'm also a work-at-home mom who is just beginning to learn the ropes of balancing a baby and everything else.
1: And you are listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. So often we bemoan
0: the daily or household tasks that we have to take care of as the reason we can't dig into our creative projects more often. And it's true. We have to eat, we have to have clean clothes, and we should probably vacuum once in a while. And if you can't outsource any or all of those kinds of things, maybe the next best step is to inject a little more creativity into them so that they feel less of a distraction from our creative goals and more a part of them. So, Ashley, does injecting creativity into not always creative endeavors make you
1: like them more, or at least maybe grumble a little less about them? I think yes, in some ways, and no in others, (laughs) like so many things in the creative and household realms. Um, But they can definitely help. So like we shared a few episodes ago when we were talking about things that drag us down, it's that monotony and the repetition of doing the same things over and over every day that really wear us down because you're like, I just did this and it's frustrating to have to do it again. So I think incorporating creativity wherever you can is helpful to break all that monotony up and make things a little bit more fun. What about you? Yes. Yeah, I definitely
0: think so. And even just... I mean, turning on some chipper music while I clean or listening to a podcast while I sort clothes really helps make those kind of mundane tasks a little less cumbersome and a little – and it it gives you a reason to look forward to them, too. Like, oh, as soon as I start folding laundry, I get to listen to the latest – xyz podcast Mm -hmm. and that makes it a bit more fun
1: yeah yeah and with the music especially sometimes if you're doing something you know like vacuuming or something around the house that involves Mm -hmm. moving or otherwise you'd just be standing there like you can throw yourself a little bit of a dance party and that definitely helps improve your mood just automatically I think moving around a little bit and getting the kids moving and stuff so
0: yeah Yeah, I imagine it is more fun once your kids are also of dancing ages. Yes,
1: Arthur is probably very close. Like, as soon as my kids were able to stand, they were, like, bouncing along. So he's probably getting there. Yeah, he, like, does this thing where he wobbles from side to side and, like,
0: shakes his head, which is my assume, I assume is his version of dancing. Yes, that's probably Uh, pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) He's also, I'm going to call him the laziest baby ever. He has not at all any inclination to pull up or stand or even if you like you're holding him up so that his feet are touching the ground he's like why are you making me work I'm not gonna do this and he sits back down
1: (laughs) oh he'll probably just be one of those babies who one day you'll just be like oh Arthur's sitting down over there and then all of a sudden he'll be like walking like a fully grown man like without ever practicing taking a step that's probably what he's gonna do
0: (laughs) that's terrifying to me yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of tasks have you made just a little more creative for yourself that made you maybe like them or appreciate them a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So I know one that both of us have on our list is cooking, because I think it's kind of the ultimate intersection between um, random household thing that has to happen and also a creative outlet. Like many people for them, cooking is their creative activity, which it's Mm -hmm. not For us, as our main thing that we turn to, but it's very easy to make it more creative. So um, I've branched out a little bit from strictly following recipes like I used to to like growing a little bit in my cooking skills and being able to alter things or try to make things up on my own, even though those often do not go well. At least I'm trying. (laughs) Um, so it's forced me to get out of my box a little bit and be a little bit more creative by coming up with meals that are fast and that the kids will like and that are, you know, budget friendly and all of those things. That makes it seem a little bit less like a chore.
0: No, I can I can see that. Um, I know cooking, I really, really like to cook, but I feel like I only like to cook when I have the time and attention to devote to it. And like I can spend all afternoon just kind of fussing around in the kitchen and chopping things and adding this and adding that and that just that does not happen Mm -hmm. in daily life these days and it didn't happen even before I had kids because I had a day job so the only time that I could fuss in the kitchen was like a Saturday or Sunday and who wants to spend their weekend cooking Um, except for people who really 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 enjoy cooking so I found that I like to cook but I don't like having to cook (laughs) if that makes any sense at all it does um So by making this my year where I'm trying to incorporate new recipes on on a fairly regular basis and also trying to use leftovers in more intentional ways, it's made me want to cook a little bit more and made it more of an adventure, and that has helped I think make it not so much of a drudgery of a task is drudgery a word? Yes. I don't know.
1: Drudgery is definitely a word. And I drudgery is a word. Yeah, and I totally get the distinction between like I have to cook versus I want to cook because so often I have to cook is driven by that frantic sense of, like, oh, no, it's almost 5 o'clock and I haven't thought about dinner, Mm -hmm. or I should have started this a half hour ago, but the baby was fussing and I couldn't, or, like that sense of just like this has to get done and it's not getting done even if you're like oh I signed up to bring treats to the bake sale and now you're on the hook for it and making something that Mm would have been fun isn't fun when you're like committed to it and it has to be done at this time (laughs) and there's just something about that that sort of takes all the fun right out of it but hopefully, you know, getting creative with leftovers, which is something I also need to work on and trying those new recipes every month will get you out of that a little bit, make it a little bit more fun again. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I used to always say that baking was fun Mm -hmm. because you never really have to bake. Like you just, you'd never have to make a cake. You just want to make a cake. Um, but I don't think I've baked for a very long time
1: (laughs) so probably need to do that I need to do some more baking yeah unfortunately the only times I bake anymore are when I do have to I mean I guess I never have to but I usually make the kids birthday cakes um or I make Jacob his birthday cake or I'll make like you know like Christmas cookies that I'm bringing to the family party or whatever, like those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I don't bake just for fun as often as I used to. So yeah, maybe that is something that we should try to get back into as like a reward for our, the drudgery of the everyday cooking. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, and I think at least on my side, I think it'll
0: be more fun to get in the kitchen too. When Arthur can help more, I don't know how much help Hadley and or Reagan are at oh, the stage. Much none.
1: Just about yeah, that's zero. what I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're
1: like, here, let me spill this all over the counter for you, Mom. Yeah, Hadley can, with assistance, be trusted to pour things that you have already measured yourself into a bowl. Okay. And she can stir certain things as long as it's not one of those things where it's like you have to fold it in or you have to, like, mm-hmm. whisk consistently or, you know, one of those, like, specific recipes. She can help with basic stirring Um, and that sort of thing. But other than that, pretty much, no, not at all. Yeah. (laughs) But they'll get there. Someday. And maybe it'll be more fun then. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, so I know
0: you have, you have another idea on the list.
1: Yes. So another thing that I have tried to make a little bit more creative is going to the gym, which I have actually just stopped doing. I just put my membership on hold because I'm like, pregnant enough that I'm just not going anymore because it's too much effort to get the kids into the car just so that I can like waddle at one mile an hour on the treadmill um well getting the kids in the car is the workout at this point basically right (laughs) so um, and I'm having a lot of hip pain and that kind of thing so I'm just like "We're, we're not doing this right now but I will probably get back to it at some point where um going to the gym like i enjoyed doing yoga but i would always get really bored doing cardio workouts so i would bring a book or a podcast and um either read or listen while i was on the treadmill i typically go with a book because i don't run i just walk like moderately paced uphill so that you still <laughs> burn some calories but you're not going so fast that you can't hold a kindle so mm-hmm. I like to read ebooks because I have lots of time to listen to podcasts with the kids, but I don't always have time to get reading done. So that would oftentimes be my motivation to go to the gym was like, well, you can read a book uninterrupted for 45 minutes if you just go and walk on the treadmill. So uh, I guess that's a little bit of creativity that's getting injected into a rather boring adult task. No, I definitely think that is creative. I remember many
0: episodes ago when you mentioned that you're like I've been going to the gym because they have free child care and it is the cheapest babysitting you can possibly hire I was like that is genius yeah and it makes me sad that we live probably 35 minutes from the nearest gym that has child care oh. so I don't yeah I don't know if like the half hour 45 minutes of child free time is worth the round trip effort at least at this point we'll see
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Arthur would have to be older because by the time you figure in like feedings and nap time and Mm -hmm. all that stuff by the time you get there and work out and get home you're probably looking at at least two hours at least and that's like with a baby that's like a two-hour chunk is almost impossible so yeah Mm -hmm. I hear you and Someday. you don't
0: want the kid to fall asleep in the car on the way there or on the way home because then you lose a nap time at home and that's you can't have that either. So gym is just not a possibility. <laughs> um, I should probably start being more active intentionally aside from lugging around my you know 19 pound baby. Um, so I don't know if the answer is maybe like videos at home that Arthur can also kind of dance along to. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is
1: yeah we watch every now and then there's somebody on YouTube called I think he's called Fitness Marshall. <laughs> he has these really like outlandish, like kind of just ridiculous dance moves to like popular okay. songs, except the songs aren't like it's not made for kids. It's made for parents or not even parents, okay. but just like people. So you have to like make sure that the songs are child appropriate once your kids are old <laughs> enough to know what words mean. Um, but there are some that. Like I can be like, I'm just feeling lazy today. Like I need to move. I'll put on one Mm -hmm. of these. And Hadley thinks they're great. She thinks they are so funny. So awesome. Yeah. There's a tip for you for someday. (laughs) I like that.
0: Yeah. So what tasks have we still not really figured out how to make more creative? And so we still hate them. Because we um, can't
1: hire them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, as always. So I really dislike making phone calls to, like, any sort of customer service line or for setting up appointments to take the kids to the doctor or, like, just, like, those types of phone calls mm-hmm. really, like, are such a chore. I don't know why. Um, and there's not really a way to make them more creative. But I think that I would do better if I could just know myself well enough to know like this will make you anxious and or crabby so I would have to like reward myself with 10 or 15 minutes by myself reading a book afterwards as like good job you made that phone call you didn't want to make so that's not something I've done but I think that's something that I should do (laughs) I really,
0: really love that idea. Like, yay, you adulted. Here's a gold star is kind of the book reading version of that. Yeah. Um, I, no, I think that's smart. And have you ever tried to, like, save all those tasks and group them all at once so that you only have to feel anxious and angry, like, once a week instead of every other day?
1: Yeah, with appointments and stuff, I will group them. But usually mm. if there's, like, a customer service thing that I you need to call for or, like, something that comes up like that. It's more of like an as needed basis. Mm -hmm. So I end up calling just whenever the kids are quiet enough that I think I'll be able to be on the phone without anybody screaming in the background. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to start trying to do that because I'm sure that with having a baby, there will be calls to the insurance company and all that, Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff and setting up lots of doctor's appointments and you know, there's lots of that in my future. So Mm -hmm. giving myself 10 minutes to read a book afterwards seems like a good idea.
0: Yeah. Guilt free. Yes. Spending that time without thinking I should be doing something Mm -hmm. else. Like, nope, this is my reward for being an adult
1: today. Yep. That's really the key is the lack of guilt. So how about you? What do you still have trouble with making creative? So running
0: errands is still kind of the big one for me. And I don't know if it's just kind of the life stage I'm in. Running errands with a baby is hard no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, But also living, you know, 35, 40 minutes from everything or anything. I really hate driving into town for just one thing. So like I would never just go to town for a doctor's appointment because like you've mentioned, that's like a two hour round trip for a doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, so I try to do a few things at once, like go to the doctor and swing past target and maybe, you know, the grocery store or something, but it just is ridiculously draining by the end of the day or end of three or four hours. Um, I don't know if this is gonna get better or worse as Arthur gets bigger, maybe both. Easier to take him with and entertain him, but harder to contain him, I anticipate. Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to figure out ways to make the trip into town more enjoyable, both for me and him there's really nothing he can do strapped into a car seat so I make him listen to podcasts or fun music with me I hope (laughs) he's i mean gonna grow up to be a fan of wait wait don't tell me I guess
1: yeah Um, and that's a good thing to be a fan of you know there's definitely worse to listen to
0: (laughs) it is Um, I've also gotten a few hacks. I don't know if if there are other parents listening, but my kid is a terrible sleeper, or at least he was for those first few months. He's gotten better. Um, He needed white noise in order to sleep. And you can turn your car stereo to an off channel in the Madison area, it's (laughs) (laughs) 88.5. It's static, and then your child will sleep in the car. And I recently learned, I don't know why I didn't know this 10 months ago, that I can change on my car like where the stereo like points to like the volume can be louder in the back than in the front so I've learned to just take Arthur's white noise machine with me if he needs to nap in the car and set it in the back seat and then make this car stereo like all the way to the front of the vehicle so only I am listening to the podcast then so that is my life hack for all of you.
1: Yes, we do that when we're on road trips and we want the kids to sleep, but Mm -hmm. we still want something to listen to in the front. Other Um, than static. Yes, exactly. So that is, yeah, that's a good tip that I don't know everybody would have thought of. So that's definitely very helpful. Um, And that does seem like good podcast listening time as well. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't need the static station and you're able to listen to a podcast, that's like... It's a long drive just to run errands, but it's also Mm -hmm. about the length of most podcast episodes. And that's where I get frustrated is if I want to listen to a podcast in the car, I live within um, actually walking distance of many things. So by the time you like get the kids into the car and then like there... I'm lucky if it's even been five minutes and I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's not even worth it to bring with a podcast, but then you still sit there and like the music on the radio, isn't that great or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, it would have been nice to have something to listen to. So I'm almost a little bit jealous, (laughs) but then not actually that jealous because I know that would drive me nuts too, driving that far to just not, or to run just one errand Mm -hmm. and then only be doing one thing before you have to turn around and get the kids home. So Yes, Yes. feel your pain there. (laughs) I guess I don't, but I can imagine that it would be unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so we're working on it. And it's nice, like the longer Arthur can be awake in between naps, the more things we can accomplish in one day than ever before. So
1: it's getting better. We've got the things that we are working at making creative and the things that we don't really know how to make creative. So are there anything... Is there anything that we do to inject creativity into tasks that just don't seem like there is any possible way you can make them creative, like doing the dishes or something like that?
0: Yeah. I don't know if I figured out a way to make the dishes creative or not. Um, yeah. I find that, like, little tiny ways to make things creative and not, I, I feel that a lot of the time when I'm talking about, like, more creativity in my daily life. I'm thinking in terms of productive creativity, like actual progress that I'm making on my creative projects. And I think that there's probably a better way to look at that that doesn't involve productivity. Like so much of the time, we need to step away from that kind of checklist or to-do list when it comes to creativity. And so even something as simple as doodling your grocery list or doodling on your grocery list Mm -hmm. or getting a... Um, a bunch of cute stationery to write your lists on or paint your own stationery and copy it and make like your own stationery for yourself or something to that effect if that is your gift I feel like that would at least make those kind of really mundane things that we normally just have to do maybe a little bit more of a bright spot in our day
1: that's such a good idea. Like make your own stationery so that it's just a little bit happier when you're writing out a to-do list or a grocery list. Like that is so much fun. And because that's not something I'm good at, I would literally never ever have thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, I
0: don't know. What about, what about you? Any that you've like made creative that the world needs to hear about?
1: I don't think there's anything specific. I've done, um, A lot of trying to make more space for like mindless thinking, and then always keeping a notebook close by. Because sometimes I think that you know we we are very quick to turn on a podcast or turn on music, which a lot of times fuels our creativity. But Mm -hmm. if we have too much of that, I think we don't leave ourselves enough mental space for those things where you know you're driving or you're doing dishes, and sometimes it's those active but not mentally thinking hard. It's those Mm -hmm. times that give you the best ideas and the best freedom to sort of work through different creative problems or processes that you might've been turning over in your mind. So I think leaving space for that and just always having paper at hand or a voice recorder or something like that to capture your ideas is good. Um, And then something that happened kind of as an accident, A couple weeks ago, I ended up having two phone calls with um, two different friends, like back-to-back days in the week. And um, that's that, like, never happens. I'm not a phone person. And usually if I am, it's like, oh, let's hop on Skype. And these were, like, actual, like, on-the-phone phone calls, which I typically hate. But these ended up being so refreshing and so oddly life-giving like they were both creative people they were both people that i hadn't talked to in a while and was excited to catch up with and so they called me in the afternoon we had set up a time that was going to work like relatively well and the kids played and because i wasn't on the computer they mostly left me alone and I walked around the house on the phone, having these great conversations, catching up with old friends, and I dusted my house, which I never, <gasps> ever do. And I was like, this is great. I should call people every week and the house would actually stay clean. <laughs> so I don't know if that would happen. I don't know it, like, if I try to schedule something like that, if it would eventually feel like too much of a burden for me as an introvert. Mm-hmm. Maybe it depends on the week. Like, We didn't have much else going on last week or the couple weeks ago when this happened so it seemed reasonable but it was like a revelation I was like oh I can enjoy being on the phone and my kids are not angry and I am cleaning my house what is this magic
0: yeah there is no downside there at all yeah no that is genius I kind of forget that that's what phones are for is to call people and not Instagram so that's really smart
1: Yeah, it was definitely, like, the most use my phone has had in a very long time for, like, an actual phone call. Yeah, anything else that you think that you've got um, figured out for injecting creativity?
0: I don't know. I think just making things a little bit More enjoyable for yourself if you can in a creative way helps. But that's, I mean, that's about it. I mean, everyone has their own things that they wish they could do more. And whether that's like writing your shopping list in flat out calligraphy, if that brings you joy, I think Mm -hmm. you should do it.
1: Yeah, knowing yourself and knowing the creative avenues that are going to make things a little bit more fun for you. Maybe you're somebody who likes to sing along with music in the car, you know? That could be your creative outlet. Like, I have to drive somewhere, and I am going to sing like I'm at a karaoke bar. <laughs> there, Yeah, I like it. I think it's probably time for Mini Book Club. What have you been reading lately? I think it probably is. So I just wrapped up reading The Teacher Diaries, Romeo and Juliet, which was by Callie Fyan, who we had on a couple of episodes ago to talk about um, her amazing creative process when she was writing that book. So if you haven't listened to that one, you should definitely go back and check it out. But now that I have read the book in its entirety, I am pretty excited to share it with everybody because it's um, it's so unique. It's not something that you see all the time but it's a series of essays Um, so it's technically memoir maybe I guess I don't know how they have it categorized Mm -hmm. but it's a series of essays that Callie has written from the perspective of someone who's teaching 8th graders about Romeo and Juliet and she's woven in all of these wonderful stories about her adolescence growing up which were just so much fun to read and you felt like you were like in her shoes you know, the awkward first kiss with the boy and all that stuff. And it really brings you back to your own awkward adolescent years. And then seeing her apply those experiences that she had in the classroom teaching Shakespeare to eighth graders, I just kept thinking like, well, I wish she had been my teacher because this sounds like it would have been such a fun class to be part of. And she had such great ideas. So I think especially if you are a teacher, Or if you need a gift to give Mm -hmm. a teacher in your life, maybe, you know, end of the school year's coming up, you need a good teacher gift that's not just a bookmark or a pencil, this would be a great option. I think teachers at a lot of different grade levels would really appreciate Callie's essays.
0: Yeah, I agree. I haven't finished the book yet either. I'm maybe a quarter of the way in. Um, But it's categorized, I have it sitting next to me, as nonfiction slash education slash memoir. And I bet that's as... Okay. As close as they could get to one. <laughs> so Yes. Um, but no, I agree. <laughs> uh, Callie just has a way of writing that just puts you right in the story. And it's something I appreciate about her so much. There there are no lost words in Callie's essays. Everything has a point and everything is like leading you to the end of where you're going. And that's always amazing to me.
1: Yes. Oh, that's such a great way to put it. Everything's leading you to where you're yes. going. like. That is perfect. Her writing is definitely just like yeah. that. So highly recommend it. Um, listen to our episode where you can hear about how Kelly wrote it and then go and read it. And it's really excellent yeah, writing. Really so what have you been reading lately, Abby? Yeah, I read a book that you mentioned on the podcast,
0: at, I don't know, maybe three or four months ago. It's been a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bear and the Nightingale by Katherine Arden. Yes. I really liked it. The first third was a bit slow, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. say. and I was like, okay, everyone says this is really, really good. It's getting a lot of press right now, or at least it has been. Um, I've heard from a lot of people about it. And so I was like, okay, I can see where this is going to be good. I hope, I hope, and then it got good, and then I couldn't put it down. Um, Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned, it's kind of a retelling of Russian folklore almost but it's also got a bit of a fairy tale and magical spin to it Um, and it's just it's really it's well written and and fun and there are more books which I don't think I realized so gonna have to get those.
1: Yeah I agree with you that the first third was a little bit slow um, and I think I kept sort of waiting for the plot to start I kept thinking Mm -hmm. like okay here it's going to be and I was like oh here it's going to be but it really sort of just snowballs forward there's not like a defining like oh and now things are picking up like I think Mm -hmm. you really do need the beginning of the book to set the stage for the rest of it especially because at first I didn't realize that it was a trilogy either Mm -hmm. I went into it thinking it was a standalone book and now knowing that I think the second book is already out and the third is going to be released either later this year or early next year. They're Mm -hmm. all coming out pretty close together. Um, And so, yeah, now knowing that it's a series of three, it's like, okay, so if you probably take it, the long view of it as a whole, that slow third probably isn't going to happen again in the next two and three books. You just needed that grounding to fully understand what was going to happen next. Yeah
0: it's really only a slow ninth then if it's going to be three books, which is like less than 10% of the overall page count. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. big regret with that book is that I got it as a Kindle book and I did not realize how gorgeous the cover was. It's and pretty. since then I have been like, I should have bought that as a hardcover book because <laughs> this book is gorgeous. Like I'm now it's one of those books that's on my list where I just want to own it because mm-hmm. it was a great book and it was so pretty. So did you get the hard copy?
0: I got it from the library and it was the mm-hmm. hardcover and it was really pretty. It's got like the, the snowy scene on the front and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the cover for the next one looks like. We'll have
1: to see. Yeah, I don't either. I'm hoping it's one of those ones where it's like the series as a whole is just so gorgeous. And then maybe I'll buy them all once they're all out. So there you go.
0: Yeah. I like that. So yeah, it was was a good recommendation. Thank you. I'm going to read the
1: next couple of them. Well, that's good. I'm glad you liked it then. And with that, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to stop by ChasingCreative.com to check out the show notes, catch up on past episodes and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode,
0: we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. You can also join in the creative conversation by tweeting to us at Abigail E. Creeds or at Brooks Editorial or by using the hashtag Chasing Creative on Twitter and Instagram.
1: If you'd like to help us bring this podcast to life each week, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chasing creative. And if you have any feedback for us, drop us a line at
0: chasing at gmail.com. Thanks for listening until
1: next week. Go chase your creative.